0: righteousness that we have received by grace and think that you can work your way um, into heaven. And so he's trying to point out to us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Obeying God, following God, trusting in God is our strength. Do not be fooled to think that you can work your way into heaven. Do not be fooled to think that the works of flesh can lead to your salvation. We must understand that we are We don't work uh, work to be saved. We work because we are saved. We are called to do works for the Lord and his service in love. These are the acts of worship. We do not worship to be saved. We worship because we are saved and we worship the one who saved us. And and so that's what he talks about, this word worship. The worship means to serve. Basically, our service is our living. So verse 3, he says, for we worship by the spirit of God. Are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. For we worship God, and how we worship Him is in servitude, to be subjected to Him because He is Lord of our lives. And so we follow His laws, His precepts in our lives. We demonstrate that God has authority over our lives by our submission to do His we are under his rule, so we live a devoted life of worship because we are his royal priesthood, a holy nation. So Jesus teaches us God is looking out for such worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. In John 4, 23, it says, but the time is coming and indeed is here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. God is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Are you working to be in that condition that he wants to see? He's looking for a true worshippers. So here it is again, that while we might be going through some trials and some tribulations, while we might be going through some adverse situations, while we might be dealing with detrimental diseases and illnesses in our lives, we need, we need to understand that these circumstances do not take away from the joy we have in Christ. The joy we have in Christ is that we have victory over death. Yes, Death is going to come. Once we can accept that fact that death is going to come, we also must accept the fact and the truth that we have, the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to know that we are overcomers because of the work that he did on the cross and buried in a borrowed man's tomb, but got up that third day morning with all power, hallelujah, in his hands, and now he is seated at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. So this is encouraging, no matter what I'm going through, dealing with hypertension, diabetes, cancer, high blood pressure, uh, loss of life dealing with all kind of viruses and diseases, I know that in the end He will wipe every tear from my eye. There will be no more pain, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more death. And so if I can just hold on a little bit longer and realize that whatever I'm going through, I can rejoice because the Lord is my strength. I, I, I need to encourage you what Paul is saying again, have no confidence. In human effort. Don't think you can do something to change it and work it out on your own, but just trust in only God and know that He is able to deliver us. Hallelujah. Because He has the power and the authority. And so salvation is by grace by God, not by works so that no man can boast. Man is not old salvation, but freely given because of the wonderful loving grace of God, And so, therefore, we are living under his grace, under his authority, and not by the law, because the law only reveals our sin, and grace recovers our sin. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. And so that's why we should worship him. We worship him for what he has done for us. We worship him for how he delivered us. We worship him because he is God alone, and there's none like him think about who we worship. We worship the creator of the whole world. We worship God, our father, the creator. We worship the savior of our soul. We worship the lover of our soul. We worship the God who loves us with his unfailing love. Lavishly, he loves us and and throws his grace and His mercy. Think about how much God loves us; that He rather show us His grace and His mercy uh, than His wrath. That God would rather give us thirty more chances. Uh, he, matter of fact, I, I'm glad He gives us more than thirty more chances. He gives us thirty thirty chances times a hundredth power. He gives us multiple times to get it right because His love is un. So let us not abuse God's grace, but humbly repent and turn to him and Lord, I surrender. Lord, there's times we've messed up that we got to confess to him and have a change of mind, a change of attitude, and say, Lord, how can I better worship you? And so this is how we walk this worship out, by walking in obedience and submission, realizing that there's people out there that's going to try to detract us, that's going to try to distract us, it's going to try to remove our trust and our faith in him and have us trust other things that we can tensely hold on to and grab because we think we have some kind of control of these matters, but yet we must believe that we must believe the invisible. We must be able to feel the intangible, understanding that our God is beyond our understanding, and so some things may not be able to be explained, and that's when we just say, look at God. That's those miracle moments we had in life. Have you had some of those moments in your life that you looked at over, and you try to figure out how did it work out, and you just had to say, look at God, knowing that God is good? These are the situations that happen. Think about how the people of Israel, when they walk through the Red Sea, they never seen it before. They were saying, Look at God. <laughs> God is doing amazing. They so think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a hot furry furnace that killed the people that throw them in. And the king looked in. He realized, Look at God. It must be something. It must be something. Daniel in the lions. Then the king realized he's still alive. It must be your God. You There's times in our lives that we find out that regardless of the circumstances thrown our way, the reason why we are overcome, the reason why we have victory is because we can just say, look at God, great is he that is in us, than he that is in the world. And so I, 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 I will count everything a loss and a gain for Christ. So we don't have confidence in this. Christ. Paul is pointing this out because he wants to use himself as a negative example. It's pointing out that you might have reason to have confidence uh, because you're doing some good works. Uh, but yet I want to show out to you that it really doesn't matter that much. and That's what he's trying to get into when we look at verses four and six, of Philippians third chapter. He says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure blood citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without thought. Paul lists the qualification he has to have confidence in the works of flesh and how he was a devoted Jew since his birth. But however, when he met Christ and he realized that he, though he was fulfilling the law, he was in need of grace and introduced to grace. Now he walks and lives by grace. Paul sees how his flesh falls short of the grace of God, and so he continues in his letter in verse seven. Says, "I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done." How great is our God? When he realized that, I, if I look over my life and realize that all my credentials, everything that, that added up that made me who I am, I found out it's worth nothing in comparison to Christ. This is the kind of moment in our lives that we start measuring and realize what really matters in our life. and. One, one quick test to do about what really matters is that when you get down to when life is at its hardest part of your life, you start realizing what really matters. Many of us probably during this situation of COVID-19 and you found out many things you had in your house that you really didn't need. Some people are cleaning out their house and removing some things find out what really matters. It's amazing how we find out that we have a lot of things in our lives that we don't need and the things that we need, we find out that that is what really is essential in our lives. I want to highlight something for us that we find out that we need Jesus and when we need him, we trust him, we depend on him, we realize this is all I have. As long as I have Jesus, everything is going to be all right. And so, when we put in proper perspective, that I'd rather gain Jesus and and have my life in his hands than try to control it on my own task and and by my own methods and by my own own effort. No, I'm going to fall short. No, I'm going to miss the mark, but hallelujah. God has perfect aim. And so if he has my life in his hands and he wants to place me in a position, it's sure not going to be in the best position because God is good and everything he does is good. Now, we deal with sin in this world. That's why he sent Jesus to redeem us and understanding that while we're waiting for the totality of our salvation, we still got to go through some trials and some tribulations. We still got to deal with hardships in our life. But it does not change that we still have joy because joy is not based on our situation, on our circumstances, but our joy is based on, on the faith of whom we place it in. And our faith is in Christ, our Lord and Savior, the victory over death, resurrected Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And in Him, we have power, we have, we have victory over death. And that's why we can have joy no matter what we're going through, knowing that this world is not the end, it's just a stepping stone to the next destination of us being forever in His presence. But we'll say forever hello and never goodbye. God is calling us to walk circumspectly, upright, righteous lives right here on earth to help others know the way by we to be citizens of heaven that we walk out and work out our salvation with fear and in trembling so no matter what we're facing uh, that we can rejoice to to know that our god is with us and never leaves us and nor forsake us and so when i understand that if i want to be his disciple i must deny myself and pick up my cross and follow after him, then I realize that uh, the man gains the whole world but loses his soul. What is it worth? I found out that it's better to know Jesus than lose my soul. So I will give up my life and trust him and follow him. That's what Paul is getting at to get close to concluding our morning message. Looking at verses 8 and 11. It says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through the faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And I want to suffer with him and sharing his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. And so here's what Paul is encouraging us to do, to surrender to the Lord. Can you say today that I will surrender? I will surrender everything to you, Lord, because nothing compares to you. I surrender to you because I want to be one with you. I want to be found in you. I want to Be in you. To be lost in Jesus is to be found. Philippians 3 and 9 highlights this again. And become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Becoming one is by obeying the word of the Lord. Know that righteousness is only by faith in Christ. We are counted only because God calls us only, not because we made ourselves holy. Our righteousness is because of the work of, of Christ on the cross. Jesus redeemed us by his blood. So we are now in a right relationship with God because Christ is right with God. And we are found in Christ. And we want to know him. And we want to know him, and Jesus wants us to know him, and he gives us through the Father, the Holy Spirit. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. We share in Christ's death where we are dead to this world and alive in him. To be found in him is to know him, to know the power of resurrection to know that life is always present, to know that in his presence, death has to flee, in his presence, illness and diseases cease, to know that in his presence, darkness has to hide because his light will prevail. We understand that when we just get in Christ and we get in his presence, he can turn our, our mourning into gladness, despair turns into hope, and and we find out that he can turn our sadness into, into dancing. And so we can find joy, Zion, to to know that the good God of Zion is with us. And we can worship Him to know He's our everlasting Father and His love will never fail. We can worship Him with our lives and how we live to realize that to know Christ is to gain and everything else must be a loss. And so my challenge for you today is will you trust Him? So I pray that if you do not know Jesus, Know that today you can know him and you can know how to find gain in Christ by losing your life for his name's sake. If you can just trust in Jesus today, and if you are saying yes, you want to know him, then say, Lord, I surrender to you because you died on the cross for my sins. Rose from the grave on the third day and you ascended to the right hand of the Father. And I want to make you Lord of my life. Invest your prayer today, we ask you to reach out to us, connect with us, connect with a local church nearby you, continue to grow and disciple, and definitely reach out to Zion, comment, reach us, and we can definitely help you continue to disciple and grow with you. Let us have a word of prayer. Father, we pray that those who come to know you, God, will find that there's so much gain just to be found in you to know you and to trust in you the father lord as we continue to worship you prepare now to um, eat of this bread and drink of this cup and father lord we look forward to do so in remembrance of you amen uh, zion if you receive your uh, liturgy and you have your communion uh, i encourage you to uh, break it out i'd like to walk us through this moment uh, together um I'm going to read again as a printed the letter, just 11, 1 Corinthians 11, chapter verses 23 and 26. It says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed the Lord, Jesus took some bread and gave and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of the wine after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with blood. Do this and remove me as often as you drink of it. For every time you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So the bread, let us receive the bread. Let us bless the bread. Thank you for the Lamb of God. Let us eat together. Jesus, likewise, took the cup and blessed the cup. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of the Lamb. Let us drink together. Let us pray. Father, thank you for blessing us to break bread together. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to drink together. Father, Lord, as often as we do so, we do so to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. God bless you. Go in peace. Until we meet again, know that Jesus loves you, and so do I. Thank you. God bless.